This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're gonna go out of here as the Big Eight tournament champion. 93-7 the ticket veteran and lover of bread, Jake Bockelman. <laughs> what? I like bread. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. This is On the Block with Stricken Buck. I'm Jake Buckovin, and coming in uh, as uh, we're having a little bit of trouble, technical issues again, but as we usually do, trying to get this thing started. Eric Strickland, uh, former Husker, uh, of course, a longtime NBA vet, Husker Hall of Famer, Eric Strickland, uh, joining the show now. Strick, can you hear us? I still don't think Strick can hear us, but we'll work on that, uh, and we'll get him, bring him in here in a second. I wanted to get to some of the topics today, of course, revolving Nebraska football. Of course, we'll have plenty of time uh, to talk about Nebraska's 81-71 loss on the hardwood last night to Illinois. It was an entertaining game. Uh, I know Strick did the, the postgame show about it, so I listened to a little bit of that. So I wanted to catch up with some of his thoughts um, going on there. But I did want to start uh, with football. Of course, the, the schedule change kind of opens up ways to, to, to kind of look through the schedule start predicting it uh and then the the article that was written today by steve simple of course of early break in the lincoln journal star um where uh, he, he kind of got a chance to talk to trev alberts and the biggest thing that that kind of jumped out to me there was that the trev alberts um you, know, you always kind of talk about an athletic director um that you want to understand the game and, and kind of what's going on out there. I, and I think some of these comments that he said would, would lead you to believe that. Uh, of course, he, 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 he an article yesterday, I believe, Simple kind of pointed out that Alberts was excited for the running back hire. But the article today was, uh, I, I thought the quotes that jumped out to me for Trev Alberts was that he was, he, 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 he's basically watched the Nebraska, or the, excuse me, the national championship game between Georgia and Alabama and said they kind of have to take baby steps to get back to that level because they're nowhere close. Uh, and he said, you know, kind of I'm paraphrasing here, but the key to kind of getting that is looking to get back to the basics, become the most physical football team in the Midwest, and focus on fundamentals. Uh, of course, that's been a big a big complaint for Husker Nation as they've watched the Scott Frost era. Um, and, and so it kind of leads you to believe that at least the focus will be on there this offseason. Um, in the last past offseason, they kind of talk about focus being on special teams, and it was more disastrous than ever. So it does not necessarily equal results. Um, but it is at least good to know that within those offices, that's the goal. Um, and when you talk about being, taking baby steps and looking um, nothing like the Georgia-Alabama product um, that we saw on the field. It's kind of the same discussion when you talk about being one of the most physical teams in the Midwest is that, you know, in the Big Ten West, the most physical division in, in college football, you know, likely, is, is Nebraska is very far away from those Minnesotas, those Wisconsins, and the Iowas, uh, it, seemingly in physicality. Uh, would you agree, Strick? Yeah, I, w I would think so. I think that's definitely something, you know, to look at. And so I, I look forward to having the conversation with Mitch Sherman a little bit in, in at, at around the 425 hour, um, because I, I, I do have some questions. I, I, I really want to understand how we um, advance, how we get better, how we 
progress, what things, you know, we have in our, um, in the football squad that are strengths and, and maybe some of the weaknesses that can be identified. So I definitely um, think that we have to be more uh, physical, definitely up front um, in both lines, in, in the defensive front line and also in the, um, the offensive uh, line as well. I think those are things that we have to try to figure out. We have to really establish a running game. And there were times when we did well. And when we did well, the team looked good. And, um, and when they did well, uh, it made them very difficult to, to understand. When they had to sit back and, and, and we had to rely on Adrian to just consistently throw the ball, which he's not bad at. Um, we, we didn't fare as, as well as when we had that good balance. And I think we have to get back to, um, I'm not saying we have to go back to an option football style, but we definitely need to get back to that physical presence that we used to have in, in its past in, in the history of Nebraska football. And of course, looking back over over kind of this whole this whole Frost era, that was the the expectation was to come in, um, run Frost offense, and, and make the Big Ten adjust. He said as much in his opening press conference. Um, that has not happened, so it's kind of interesting now as they are trying to move closer toward kind of that physicality department. I think that's the way to win in the Big Ten West. I think that's um, a good a good way to go about it. However, you're you're kind of if, if as you're making that switch. Um, you're kind of starting behind the rest of the teams, right? I mean, because they've already kind of had that in their culture. They've recruited to it. Um, they've been doing it for years, uh, you know, in Iowa City and in Madison. And then, of course, in Minnesota, it's kind of becoming the same thing there. Um, so it, 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 it's maybe the, in the Nebraska, you never would have thought this, you know, back in the 90s, but is, is kind of starting from behind in the physicality aspect uh, in the Big Ten West. However, you know, they are making those moves. You know, uh, one of the, the key reasons probably to bring in Donovan Riola was the belief that he could get those offensive linemen to that level. Um, and hopefully they, f- they figured he could do that in a rather quick fashion um, because they did – they uh, went out and they, they made had some interviews. They went – you know, they talked to some veteran offensive line guys to see if, if that would be um, the way that they thought they could go or would be the best way to build this offensive line. And ultimately, whatever Donovan Riola sold them – um, you know, it, it, it worked, and he got the job. And I would think that a big part of that uh, was the physicality that they want to bring. Um, and, and sometimes I think we kind of get lost in, you know, how, how far away Nebraska is. After all, again, they were very close to every one of those teams that we mentioned in the Big Ten West when they played them on the field. Um, but it was somewhat seemingly – kind of smoke and mirrors type of deal where Nebraska had um, the playmakers, some of the best athletes on the field at times, um, but it just wasn't in the bulk up front, and in particularly the offensive line. The defensive line did a much better job this past year. Um, you know, they're, they're going to have to kind of reset that, minus Damian Daniels and DeAndre Thomas and some of Ben Stilley and some of those guys. Um, but I think the belief in the defensive staff is there that they, they can do that, and they did a pretty good job against a lot of the nation's elite running backs. So um, at this point, I think you're talking about the offensive line, which was the furthest thing away um, from overwhelming or in, in incredibly physical, and not just in the run game. As you mentioned, the passing game or the quarterback running game, uh, which kind of happened through the passing game a lot of the time, was just uh, 
they just weren't quick enough at the tackle position that, 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 that you know, speed rushers were able to get around them. Or it was always something wrong with one of, one of the guys. Like every play, uh, somebody on the offensive line. And now, uh, of course, you lose your best offensive lineman in Cameron Juergens. Um, but new coach uh, and, and, and a few guys that have had some experience. New guys, of course, from the transfer portal as well. Um, and and it, it's something we talk about all offseason. I like the text line usually gets to it. Somebody in the text line, we can't try to break down the running backs or the wide receivers uh, and, and the quarterback and, and, and what they will bring. Um, but to me, it, it always kind of goes back to that offensive line. It's got to kind of get that mentality um, in place where this is our day. It's Saturday, you're, especially when you come into Memorial Stadium. This is our house. You're going to leave with, with bumps and bruises, and we're going to run right over you. And, you know, that's been much quoted this week um, is to kind of talking about the greats and how they would point out, you know, to opposing teams, we're going to run the dive right at you, right through this gap. And uh, they tell opposing defensive linemen that, and then they'd get 10 yards on it. You know, it didn't matter if the, if the opposing team knew because of the physicality of the pipeline back in the day. That's exactly right. And I think it's an important part of the success of most teams that, that really want to not make yourself one-dimensional, right? You, you become very one-dimensional. They can pretty much rear their ears back at the end positions or uh, at all of those positions. The blitzes can get there so much more faster. And then if you don't have guys with great release capabilities at the wide receiver positions, I mean, that's why they relied so heavily on Allen because Allen was just able with his size to create uh, space and and you could toss it up to him and he would find areas in the zone as well as as in the matchups that would allow them to be able to have some success and open it up a little bit more because then you'd have to rely on that and it would open up some other things on the outside but when they were able to have play actions and go deep and and do some some cross some patterns some some route routes I mean some routes and patterns that were difficult for the the safeties and 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 the uh, the DBs to be able to handle. They they had good success, and I think the running game will even make that more. It'll open up the field so much more. It won't allow those those backers to get back into those zones and those drops that you know causes trouble for them. It, it'll it'll open it up when you got to bring an extra guy into that box. It, it definitely opens it up, and I think the receiving core, even though unproven, I think. If they can, they can have some space to move. I mean, I think they've got good speed on the outside. Um, you know, there's some solid size, and and hopefully their strength will be there to be able to uh, create separation. So we'll see. Um, it's going to be interesting uh, to see how the spring game goes, and uh, to see who's going to emerge and who's going to come forward and, and and make a name and and take advantage of the opportunities that are out there. I mean, the opportunities are probably across the board are wide open right now. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, too, just hearing from the athletic director um, saying that sort of thing where he wants the most physical team in the Midwest because we're all trying to get this idea of what's it going to take to bring Scott Frost back? Is it six wins? Is it getting to a bowl? Is it is it seven wins? I mean, is, is it moving up? Um, but if you pay attention, to just pay attention to what's said um, when, when he says he wants the most physical team in the Midwest. Uh, I don't think that Scott Frost is getting fired if he doesn't grade him uh, Nebraska in one year kind of turning – um, the corner and being the most physical team in the Midwest, but it better be pointing that way. And, it, you know, and it, it better, they better have made some big strides, especially with the offseason moves that they've made um, 
toward that goal. And, and so it's kind, of, it's kind of fun because you know that there's a lot of meetings going on between Alberts and Frost. They've said as much. They meet quite often. And, and you kind of wonder what's said there. And then, you know, when, when you hear Alberts say things like that, it's, it's okay. That's, that's the goal. That's what they're moving toward. Um, and, that's, and, that's, uh, and that's where uh, hopefully we can expect Nebraska to be next season. It's kind of odd, though, with that goal in mind, um, they still don't have a running backs coach in the fold. The rest of the staff has been filled out. Um, and it just seems like uh, they're still kind of waiting for um, maybe some some potential interviews to be done. Um, Trev did mention with the in the article with Sith the other day um, that it's it's kind of a weird time where you know NFL guys we just saw on Black Monday a lot of different school a lot of different guys uh, including offensive line coaches are being let go from NFL teams because their head coaches is uh, head coaches being let go. Um, so it's kind of interesting, um, and maybe a new opportunity pops up every day. So um, I, I don't, I don't know. It, it kind of just feels like um, they've liked the staff that they've put together, but they're not necessarily in a rush to get the running back coach in more so than getting the right guy instead of getting it done quicker. Maybe just because that's an ancillary piece as far as the offseason rebuild. Yeah, no, no question. And, and you're right. I think um, to be able to land somebody coming out of a a the organization and the pros could be a good find to be a good get um, to, to make some new additions to the organization, to the, to the university. Um, I, 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 I defer to the approach of taking time. As you said, I mean, you know what you have in your running back core, you have those uh, in that running back room. They're, they're there. Um, they're not going anywhere. Um, so, the thing about it is to make sure you get the right guy that's going to you know, coach them up, uh, get them ready and prepared uh, for the new wave of being able to get them touches and to be able to do something with them. Um, I think that having a good balance of downhill running, um, you know, hitting the holes and, and, and providing some physicality there with Yant and the likes of them are, are there. And I think having a good mix of, of that that speed and power combination, depending on uh, what formations you're going to line up in and, and what you're trying to accomplish, I think um, in the past they've they've had um, a sense of being behind the down. I mean, behind the uh, the chains a little bit in that not getting much out of their first downs. Um, so then they find themselves in situations where they have to. With a bad, you know, the line not being there uh, and and suited to be able to handle the rushing of of uh, the opposing teams, that then you know puts a lot of pressure on all components to include um, um, the quarterback position as well as the wide receiver position to to get open quicker. Um, and I didn't know if we had a lot of that in in a lot of instances. But I think with a little bit more time, those guys will be able to 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 get some space and and, and make something happen. So yeah, I, I I agree that having taking the time to get the right guys that's going to coach them up and prepare them. I think they did a very good job at misdirection type of stuff and screens and and stuff like that that alleviated some of that that rush pressure. But um, I think they can do more if they can get into you know four and five yards um, a, a carry definitely at a minimum then uh, if they get into that six and seven yard they're going to be dangerous if they get into their run game can get into that six and seven yard range um you know where you don't have to you know be trying to complete eight nine ten yard uh, completions 
not unless you know you've got the lines short up, is going to be a, a lot better for them, no doubt. And, of course, we all want to be optimistic about how it's going to turn out. And, and with new you know, kind of change comes hope there. Um, but it is going to be need to be done at a higher level with the traditional running game. Uh, Casey Thompson can add a little bit with his feet, but he's not the threat that Adrian He's Martin not Adrian. Was. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they, they, you know, you, you, you kind of look at, you know, I think, uh, 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 you know, something that, that, that the defense has to prepare for, kind of being taken away a little bit there from that offense. And I've said it all along. That offense, I mean, to be able to put up the numbers that they did with the offensive line, like I said, whether it was smoke and mirrors or whatever it was, you know, Adrian bailing them out, to be able to to have a top 25, 35 type of offense with potentially one of the worst offensive lines in the Power Five, um, that's that spoke a lot of volumes to me and, and led me to believe that they shouldn't probably throw out every one of their ideas from that Scott Frost offense. And I think they're going to, you know, merge that with what Mark Whipple brings to the table. Strick, I did want to ask you this. Did you get a chance to uh, look at Nebraska's football schedule? Of course, not a, a complete overhaul as far as the, the schedule goes, but a couple changes in particular. couple changes. Changes in the, in the bye weeks. And, and Scott Frost has struggled in and out of bye weeks, so there's not necessarily anything to break down as far as, you know, how much easier is, is, is it going to get. But now you look at the bye week coming after the September, 17th game against Oklahoma, leading you into an home game against Indiana. Um, It's kind of funny because usually you're looking at the big games. Maybe get a bye week before the Oklahoma game would be spectacular. Uh, Now, because, you know, a lot of these games that we would normally look at the schedule and try to count away, okay, here's here's six wins there. There's the seventh win there. There's the eighth win. It's tough to do that coming off a three and nine season. So I guess the way that I was just looking at it is is the bye weeks, um, you know, even though Scott Frost has struggled with them, they they will be a, a good break for them to get ready for, in this case, now being ahead of the Indiana game and now ahead of the uh, was it the Illinois game as well. Um, those are those are games that you you would think if traditionally you'd go down as a Nebraska fan and say, well, there's a win and there's a win. But now that that can't be counted on, I, I think it almost is, is better or more relieving to me as a Nebraska fan that the games that are close to gimmies are the ones that you would say Nebraska's got a pretty good shot at, that they'll have a little bit of a break and, and, a, and a chance to reflect in two, two weeks to get ready for those teams. Yeah, if you have an expectation coming into a, a big game, right, sometimes you can have such high adrenaline and such um, high intensity that if you pull those games out and you win those games, right, sometimes you can go, if you go into the next week, you can have a lull, especially if it's like an Indiana or if it's like an Illinois or something of that sort. And and so you you that gives you a little extra week to prepare. So you get a chance to monitor, I think. So I, I speak, you know, the same way that you're speaking with the possibility of it being a good thing, because at the, at the, at the end of the day, when if you come off of a high of a, of a big win, uh, you can monitor that that first week and see, well, what type of intensity are the guys given or they are they kind of lack lackluster? And then you can re, you know, reassert that to help them to understand what it's going to take to 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 stay on top. Right. You can't have lulls. Uh, and so if they're practicing just kind of mediocre or just going through the motions, you can turn that around with a two-week break. So I think that can be a positive. 
And, of course, as we do look at the schedule, I think the hope for Nebraska fans is to start off hot. Um, like I said, it's dangerous to start counting wins now from a 3-9 and nine perspective with all the changes that have kind of happened. But, um, I mean, you look at the openings, you, you got to win that one against Northwestern and Ireland. You just you have to. You dropped the opener last year against Illinois. We saw uh, kind of took all the window of sales for Nebraska and maybe their run in the Big Ten West at least last year. Um, you can't have that happen again. And Northwestern's a team that they dominated this past year. So you got to get that win. Uh, then you have some warm-up games for Oklahoma with North Dakota and Georgia Southern. Um, and then the Oklahoma game, I think people would say, okay, that's one that they can lose. But, you know, given the way they played Oklahoma, all the changes going on in the Sooner program, that's not necessarily a loss. You just probably would count that among them in, in, as far as the non-con goes. But you, then, you're, then your Big Ten schedule isn't the, the roughest, right? Indiana struggled in the Big Ten, uh, and, and you start off with them at home. Then you have at Rutgers, another team that wasn't too good in the Big Ten. And, and it's not going to be easy for the longest time. You know, you do have to play Purdue and West Lafayette following Rutgers. That's kind of when the, the stretch really gets kind of difficult. After that bye week against Purdue um, is, is really the stretch that's going to be tough. Um, against Illinois, we know Brett Bielema uh, is going to have that team ready to kind of grind you out. Then you play Minnesota, another team that's going to grind you out. Then you go to Michigan, to Ann Arbor to play, of course, the, the, the playoff team, the former Big Ten champs, uh, or defending Big Ten champs, I should say, before closing out uh, at home against uh, Wisconsin, then at Iowa. That is a grind. So I think it's going to be imperative to not – not follow along kind of the path of we got to get to a bowl game, and so if we just stick around 500 all season long, um, that last stretch is going to be difficult. So, you know, just try to add as many as wins as you can at the front of yeah. that thing as the goal has yeah. to be, and, and, and not just the goal, uh, the livelihood of this this program as far as the, the coach in place, you got to get to six wins. We don't know what that what that standard set is from Trev Alberts. They know within office, but it has to be a bowl game at least for, for this team this upcoming year. Yeah, and and the crazy thing about it, right, is sometimes they like a couple years ago, Indiana made a made a run. I mean, they were beating beating some people. So you, you know, you just don't know what's going to happen with the program, right? They can they can come out and 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 put up eight wins. You know, that's kind of what they've done oh, yeah. in different times. You know, in a few years of season, so you just don't know how that's going to fare out. So you can't look at it just because they had a bad season that you know that's going to be the same outcome. And yeah, and, and Illinois is the same. I mean, they're they're going to play hard every week, and they're going to you know give you a fight. And if you if you let them get a smell, they might you know they might pull you, pull one out on you. So just like they did this year. So you yeah you got to take advantage of of this 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 first half of the schedule. Get some confidence. Get feeling really good. Get some consistency. Understanding who's who's gonna show up for you every weekend, who's gonna emerge and, and and show themselves to be proven a little bit more, who you can count on, you know, who Casey, um, whoever the quarterback may be, Smothers or Casey Thompson or whatever, you know, at this point we're gonna say Casey Thompson, you know, who he's gonna be able to count on, uh, you know, especially losing Allen. We knew that Adrian Monte Martinez and Allen had a a great connection. Who's gonna be that guy he can connect with? That's going to uh, you know. Uh, be there for him in a third down situation and in, in an important drive situation, those type of guys, you'll get a chance to see that early on. And that's why it's important to get a good smell early in these, in those, in those, those games to identify those types of things. And, and um, then when you go into the gauntlet part of the, of the uh, big 10, then you, you kind of know what to expect. 
Yeah, it, it'll be fun. And like you said, you never can predict these things. Sometimes the starting quarterbacks out or whatever may be happening game week. We went, we spend all offseason trying to break them down, and then they're completely different by the time we get to those games. But it, it's still going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll break more of this down. Lots of the Husker football news coming up with Mitch Sherman of The Athletic. He's coming up around the corner on the block with Strickenbach on 93.7 The Ticket.